Our Old Testament reading this morning comes to us from the book of the prophet Isaiah, or Isaiah, as we spoke of this morning in Sunday school class, in the 25th chapter, beginning at verse 6 and continuing through verse 9. I invite you to listen for a word from the Lord as it is there written. On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wine, of rich food full of marrow, of aged wine, well-refined, and he will swallow up on this mountain. The covering that is cast over all people, the veil that is spread over all nations, he will swallow up death forever, and the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces, and the reproach of his people he will take away from the earth, for the Lord has spoken. It will be said on that day, Behold, this is our God. We have waited for him that he might save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. Let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation. Here ends this reading from God's holy word. Our New Testament reading for this Easter Sunday is part of the resurrection story that is told in the gospel according to John. Verse 20, begin, chapter 20, beginning at verse 11 and continuing through verse 18. Again, I invite you to listen for a word from the Lord as it is there written. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, and as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. And they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. And Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I, I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he had said these things to her. Here ends this reading from God's holy word. It's funny, you know. I'm a... Uh, I'm a big introvert. Some of you knew that. And when I was younger, I had a fear of public speaking. When I was in junior high school, I took a, an aptitude test. They gave them to determine what you should be thinking about majoring in college so you knew what career you were headed toward. There were 100 plus possible outcomes to this 
Number one on the top of my score sheet was, was journalist. And the next to last at the bottom was minister. So I, I don't belong. I don't belong here. I don't belong speaking. But I do believe that the Lord has given to me a word and a word that I cannot not speak to you. And so this beautiful Easter morning, I find myself improbably in front of a congregation for the 11th, 12th, 13th Easter now, proclaiming the word of the Lord, Christ is risen, he is risen indeed. We join in this morning's Easter story from the Gospel of John at the point where Mary Magdalene takes center stage. She's alone there, weeping, or more probably wailing, as was the custom for people of that day and time, to grieve a loved one who had died. At some point in this process, we're told she bends over and stoops to look inside the tomb, inside this tomb, where she knew that the body of Jesus had been laid to rest following his crucifixion. She had come alone at first light some time ago to the burial place of Jesus, but as she had approached, she could tell that there was something amiss. The great stone that had been Placed across the entrance to his tomb, well, it had been rolled to the side. The grave had been opened. Frightened and confused by what she saw, she turned and rushed to tell the rest of the disciples what she had discovered there. And upon receiving this report, Peter and another disciple of Jesus's had run to the tomb and they first peered and then ventured inside it. But they were gone by now, as our reading begins. Having themselves witnessed the empty tomb, they returned to their homes, we're told, leaving Mary as the sole mourner among the graves. But in her sorrow that Easter morning, she was not alone. In our sorrow, we are not Alone. It is true, Jesus had left her. She had seen the crucifixion. She knew that he was dead and gone. But because the grave was empty, Jesus was free to move about the world, and he still is. Therefore, in her sorrow, she was not alone. And in our sorrow, we are not alone. In our joy, we are not alone. In our trials, we are not alone. In the brightest day or on the darkest night, we are not alone. Scientists, bless their hearts, have spent lifetime after lifetime and billions upon billions of dollars addressing a question whose answer is already known. No, 
No, of course we are not alone. We have never been and we never will be. Easter is both the fulfillment of a past promise and the promise of future fulfillment. People say, well, that's, that's just not possible. And you know what? They're exactly right. What happened to Jesus is impossible. And that is just the point. When God directed Moses to take his people out of captivity in Egypt, it was impossible for them to escape from Pharaoh's troops and chariots. Their backs were up against the waters of the sea, and yet they would be led through those waters without even getting the hems of their garments wet. Impossible. When God directed the Israelites to take the citadel at Jericho, it was impossible for even the most heavily armed force in the region to mount a successful campaign against her impenetrable defenses. Yet the Hebrew forces were going to conquer it without constructing a single siege tower. Impossible. When the pride of the Philistine army took to the battlefield, there was not an Israelite soldier who dared face Goliath. What chance would then a shepherd boy with no armor have against him in battle? Yet David prevailed with but a sling and a stone. Impossible. When the hundreds of prophets of Baal had tried in vain to call forth a fire for the sacrifice they had prepared at Mount Carmel, Elijah had his altar and his sacrifice soaked, drowned in water. What was the likelihood that it would even smolder if heat were applied to it? Yet when he called on the Lord to send fire from heaven, the oblation consumed the whole thing. Impossible. When the Virgin Mary conceived a child who was the Son of God by the power of the Holy Spirit, she asked, how could this be possible? The answer came back, it is quite impossible with man, that is, yet with God, all things are possible. When Mary Magdalene went to the place where she knew she would find Jesus, she didn't find Jesus. Instead, she saw two angels where she had expected to find the body of her teacher, her master, her friend. And no sooner had she answered their question about mourning, well, there appeared Jesus, and she didn't recognize him. She came to this place expecting to find him, only he didn't look the way she expected. I saw recently that on account of the ongoing pandemic and the continuing lockdowns in part of Europe, the great Parisian Museum, the Louvre, has made available much, if not all, of its public art collection online. Among the works that are stored there, no doubt, there are many depictions of Jesus that have sprung forth from the imaginations of various artists over the centuries. Each of them had in their minds uh, an idea of the very famous subject they were looking to, to paint or to draw or to sculpt. Mary 
had a particular image in her mind. She came looking for a dead man. That was the image that she had. That is who she sought. Jesus of Nazareth. The Jesus of the cross. She was distressed. She was forlorn because she couldn't find him. Mary went looking for the dead Lord. And what she encountered instead was the living Lord. The question I have for you this morning is straight from the text. What are you looking for? If you are looking for a failed Messiah, if you are looking for a failed insurrectionist, if you are looking for the irrelevant, impotent God of ancient myths and legends, you are not going to find this Jesus. Jesus Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. In our search for the historical Jesus, we have made for ourselves this incredible shrinking Jesus. So often, what we want is the same sort of thing that many of those who were dwelling in the ancient Near East had made for themselves household gods. These were local deities represented by carvings or statues or little figurines like the elf on a shelf. They could be displayed in the home like our portraits of Jesus and they could be taken along for protection on trips like our bumper stickers or those chrome fish that we stick on our cars. This is the sort of divine king that the Hebrews wanted. They wanted to crown this guy as leader of their armed uprising against the occupying army of the Gentiles. They wanted their own household god. This is the sort of Jesus that Mary sought at the tomb. Her friend, her teacher, her Lord. But the Jesus who greets Mary by name on Easter morning has risen in power not simply for Mary, nor her friends, nor the residents of Jerusalem, nor even for the Hebrew people, not even for the church. No, this Jesus was raised on behalf of no less than all of creation. The resurrection light which has been enabled by Jesus, is not simply about me and my Jesus. As John Wesley noted, the movement of his followers, which we have come to call Christianity, is essentially a social religion. He went on to say that to turn it into a solitary religion is indeed to destroy it. In other words, it is not an exclusive private spiritual exercise for we cannot contain nor manage the power of a sovereign God who has unleashed the creative power of new life upon all living creatures. Eugene Peterson, the, the great Presbyterian, the great and now late Presbyterian pastor and author once wrote Resurrection is not something we can control or manipulate or improve on. Indeed, it is beyond us in so many ways that it continues to frighten us even to this day. Jesus, 
The risen and reigning Lord is beyond us. In so many ways, it can be frightening. But as with Mary in the garden, we are not alone. He is here to comfort, to console, to strengthen, and to encourage us. He is here, my friends, to love us. This he demonstrates to his friend outside the empty tomb. And this is the message that she is now to share with the rest of her friends and they with the rest of the world. Jesus surprised Mary. He surprises us still. If it is the living Lord that you seek, you may just encounter him in some unexpected places and in some unexpected faces. He may even be discernible in the guise of the gardener. Impossible. And for that, we may truly say, thanks be to God and amen.